Hello and welcome to a Thursday, April 6th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Horace Kermani, and got my guy Kenny with me as we go through a uh, interesting five-game slate coming up for <laughs> leading into, uh, for those of us in uh, in Canada, I think we get uh, Friday off. Well, we definitely get Friday off. Do you, do you guys get Friday off on your side? Good Friday? I always forget. On the um, no, we, we don't. We don't. You don't. Um, All right. Yeah, not as fun well long weekend at least for uh for us north of the border over here but that is something to look forward to after this sea of red which is really all i can call this uh slate today we're going to be seeing a lot of games here a lot of uh games that are currently only sitting with either a spread but without a total or just nothing in general just because of the fact that there's so much up in the air but that up in the air does give a lot of opportunities to be able to take advantage of what could be uh, one of those slates where you could have a good bit of money left over in your budget at the end, but still end up with the lineup that you're looking for. So I wouldn't be uh, too uh, too hard on uh, where your budget actually ends up just based on the kind of lineups I'm uh, putting across here. But before we get into it, as always, get yourself onto Sports Ethos and get yourself subscribed to that DFS Pass to get yourself access to not only the live injury report, which will be super important, especially as we lead into kind of the last bits of silly season into playoffs. And of course, you get access to our Discord, so you can ask the pros as well, all the way up until lineup lock. And uh, for those who have been following in general, I know my guy Keith and a number of others have been jumping onto the live to lock show as well, which has been amazing, giving you all of that sweet information all the way on until lock with them being there live with you. So definitely take advantage of all of that on Sports Ethos and get yourself signed up with that pass. But Kenny, as I said, five-game five, five game slate over here. You know, a lot for us to uh, be able to look into and a lot that we're in there. And first one is Cleveland taking on Orlando. And right now all I had is that the uh, Orlando Magic were actually favored to win by 7.5 over here. And honestly, it could be quite a bit more than that if the sea of red keeps uh, populating further because we already know Pretty much the entire starting lineup for the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be sitting for this one. In fact, I think it is the whole starting lineup. Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Garland, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert all have been uh, ruled out for this game. So clearly Cleveland is getting themselves all set to uh, be in playoff mode, get everyone ready for that one. While on the Orlando side, it is all systems go for them. So, you know, what are you looking at? Uh, anyone specific you're jumping into because there's a bunch of these 3000 guys that are likely going to be playing heavy minutes in this game. Yeah. I mean, this might turn out to be my favorite play on the slate. If um, news break and he's starting, but Robin Lopez for three K, I feel like it's going to be something I'm going to have a lot of interest in Robin been around the league for a while, and if you remember last season when he was on Orlando, at the end of the season, he was putting up some crazy double-doubles. Am I thinking he's going to get a double-double in this spot if he gets 20 minutes against this oversized Orlando team? Yeah, I actually do. So outside of that, though, I just need to wait for the lineup, but I really do like Robin Lopez in this spot if he actually plugged in as a starter tomorrow. Yeah, it's completely fair. Robin Lopez is looking like he should be, just given what the rest of this uh, starting line looks like. Maybe Dean Wade ends up ends up being there, and they end up playing like Chetty Osman at one of the three or four positions alongside Lamar Stevens. But speaking of Chetty Osman, he's probably going to be the guy that I'm also heavily targeting as far as Cleveland's concerned. In general, we've seen, even earlier in this season, where you know 
two of the starters are sitting out there and all of a sudden he ends up finding himself in a you know high 20 minute role where he's putting up like 13 14 shots and he's had a couple of games where he ended up dropping 30 plus if not 40 plus dk points on there so he's definitely going to be in play for me that uh, small forward power forward eligibility makes it something of interest to me and then the second one is just kind of knowing if uh, Rubio's not going to be on a on a minutes restriction is he going to get an opportunity to just kind of ball out in a game i mean he's been looking uh, pretty good in the minutes that he has gotten his opportunity to play. He's obviously racking up dimes without much offense otherwise, but at 3,100, if he's going to be getting that opportunity to start and be that point guard for me, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it as far as Cleveland's concerned. But uh, anything on the Orlando side for you as well? Uh, when it comes to Orlando, I really do feel like they have a cap of like 24 minutes for their star players. So I really don't like it. Um, if there's news that any of these starters are out, I might have um, some interest in um, Okiki or Bobo. But right now, I probably will be rostering zero Orlando players. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one as well. Just kind of looking at, I, I feel like this will be one of those games where uh, Gary Harris decides to show the world that he still <laughs> could play NBA basketball. And he's going to go ahead and put up a big night on here. So if uh, if he gets an opportunity to be able to get uh, 25 minutes, I may actually have a little bit of uh, interest in him, depending on how things go. Because I do think seeing what Cleveland is doing, I think Orlando is going to at least sit out one to two of these guys. It doesn't make sense for them all to kind of go at this point. They don't have... Much uh, much to technically play for at this point because they have officially been eliminated now from the uh, play-in race as well. So, yeah, it's just kind of leading into the end of yet another, I don't want to say fully disappointing season because they've got some good young talent and they've uh, obviously got a bit of a bright future depending on how things go. But, yeah, I would have hoped they would have gotten into uh, at least a play-in this year just to see more of Paolo. <laughs> Yeah. But that does lead us into the second game and probably the most uh, competitive game of the night in terms of, you know, teams that are actually still fighting for certain things. Uh, now, unfortunately, from a seeding standpoint, it's pretty much uh, locked in over here. Philly, uh, with uh, Boston beating the Raptors today, have got themselves locked into essentially the third seed until they unless they completely capitulate the last three games. And I'm I don't know. I may have to check this, but I think Cleveland may have the tiebreaker on Philly. It could be wrong here, but yeah, that's the only way that they could potentially move down into the uh, fourth seed there. But really, that's locked in while Miami is uh, in that uh, kind of fight for seventh seed at the moment. But uh, they should have that pretty well locked up as well. But what is still up in the air is whether Joel Embiid is going to go ahead and lock up MVP after the kind of nights he's been having as of late. Looking at a four and a half uh, point spread uh, for Philadelphia being the favorites on this one playing at home. And they are uh, looking pretty all systems go as far as their injuries are concerned outside of their backcourt, which does have uh, Tyrese Maxey and DeAnthony Melton both both listed as questionable for this game. So a bit of interest in what that will mean for the rest of the rotation. While for Miami, Bam Adebayo is questionable for this game, while uh, Kyle Lowry is also questionable dealing with his left knee. So let you uh, jump in on this one. Who are you liking on what should be a close game as far as the actual game itself is concerned? Maybe not the highest total. Um, I mean, I, I really need a way for news on this one. When it comes to Miami, they do have something to play for. I keep forgetting if they actually get um, the sit seed just because they're going to win their um, division. I keep forgetting if that's a rule or not still. But on the Miami side, Jimmy Butler is always a good play, especially when he's going up against one of his old teams. Um. Outside of that, you could take a risk on one of these guards in a rotation and Larry. 
Hero, even Oladipo. But I, I really don't see myself rostering too much of this unless some news break and we get some um, Philly starters that are out because I feel like this might be a Paul Reed night. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, by the way, uh, the division thing, I believe they've just gotten rid of that altogether now. It's just purely uh, purely record. So I don't think they'll actually get a top six seed just if they happen to win their division. But yeah, that's just, uh, just what it is for Miami side of things. But yeah, as, as far as exposure itself is concerned, uh, the only area that I was looking at here is if uh, both Maxi and Melton are uh, sitting out in this game, we're probably going to get an opportunity for Tobias Harris to get a couple of more shots in. And at 5,500, that was probably one of those areas that I was looking at for some sneaky value here, because if he can get up to you know, 14, 15 field goal attempts, which he has uh, anytime, you know, two of the starters have really been out on this one. So yeah, I'm liking his opportunity to be able to go ahead and do that. Again, both of these are pretty pesky defensive teams, so it helps if you have a guy who can stretch the floor that little bit there. And I was actually thinking about Harden from a cash games perspective, just because I think 9400 in, in general is too cheap. But I just don't know how hard Philly's going to be pushing in this game, and it's just always one of those worries of spending up in something like that when I do have someone that I would like to spend up on later on in this slate. While on the, uh, while on the Miami side... Really, the only uh, area that I was thinking of was similar to what I was talking about last game, which is a bit of a dart throw, but Gabe Vincent, again, played 36 minutes in the last game there, was able to put up 14 shots, 11 of which were three-point attempts, and he kind of has those games where he's able to drop uh, 30 DK points on a good shooting night. So if you are feeling a little frisky, feeling like a little bit of a gamble, I think he's uh, someone that you can uh, take a shot at once again in this one as well. Moving on, halfway through the night over here, Portland going into San Antonio to take on the Spurs. From a spread perspective, looks like this is actually the closest on the night. Spurs are favored to win this one by two. No totals for this one either. In fact, uh, not seeing any totals for any of the games, so I was going to talk about that. But if we are talking about Sea of Red, this does Portland even have a full roster to put out at this moment? It's crazy. Hey, I'm seeing nine... 10 that are in either out or questionable status at the moment and means we're probably going to be seeing a lot more of what we saw in the last game as far as Portland's concerned, which is the absolute end of end bench dudes getting quite a lot of usage and quite a lot of minutes, which is going to make things interesting. While on the San Antonio Spurs side, very much uh, missing a number of uh, key pieces, including Devin Vassell, Jeremy Sohan. We're going to be out for this game. Keldon Johnson is also questionable for this one and has already missed two games. So I have... Very little uh, doubt that he's going to go ahead and uh, miss a third game here as well. While uh, Zach Collins, who is probable, we'll see how many minutes he actually ends up playing with his fingers. So, yeah, and who are you liking this matchup over here? You know, the funny thing is, this is actually probably the game I actually rostering the most for one team on. Because there's three players hmm. that I'm really going to be plugging into my lineup Um well, maybe two, maybe two that I'm really going to be plugging in. One is more of a flyer, but the two guards that I'm li really looking at on the Portland side, since, you know, LSU won the women's college basketball title, mm. um, Skylar Mays is still in the league. I don't know if you remember him from LSU, but he's actually been getting uh, some playing time on Portland lately. And I feel like if they give him 40 minutes for 6-4, you might <laughs> as well run him out because he's not afraid to shoot. Um, the other guard that I'm looking at is... Um, Shaq Harrison, I don't know if you remember him. Um, he's been on the, I think he's on a 10-day. I could mm -hmm. be wrong. Though. He might be on a 10-day, but he, he's been getting 20 minutes, and it seems like Billups like him a little bit. And for 4-2, he's in a nice spot to get you about 
20 to 30 DK points. He's really known for his defensive play. So if you want to try and take a gamble, get a couple steals from him, that might actually work. Don't really turn over the ball too much. And um, the last person that I might have interest in, I really need to see if he's in the lineup or not, is um, Justin Mignogna. Um Shoots, I forgot what team he played for. It was some Big East team, I believe. But he's a pretty decent player for three sets. I really feel like in this spot and in this matchup, he could get you about 20 DK points. So that's really just a GPP play. Um, not too many people are going to be on him. You're probably going to be at him probably lower than 2% ownership. But he's somebody who can get you the three-point bonus if you get a shot going. Um don't really play make, but he can rebound a little bit. Um, outside of that, though, I have no interest on the Portland side outside of those three players. Yeah, it's fair. I had uh, two of those that definitely, I mean, just Skylar Mays was 100% on the floor. Shaquille Harrison, he'll always have a soft spot for me because uh, he helped me win a head-to-head league a couple of years back when he was on Chicago and was playing all those uh, silly season minutes at the end and had a couple of games where he dropped like 20 and 10, 15 and 10, and just ended up uh, putting me over the edge. So I'm going to... Get him in there just for a uh, shout out to what he did for me back in the day. <laughs> but as far as uh, the rest of the Portland sides goes, as you said, it's kind of a uh, kind of up in the air. We'll have to see what uh, what some of it uh, looks like otherwise. And uh, on the Spurs side, though, I do uh, like um, uh, Malachi Branham for 5400. I think he's going to be the one guy who does continue to get uh, consistent minutes, kind of into the last bit of the season over here. And his shot attempts continue to be in the uh, double digits, including kind of five-plus three-pointer attempts in the last uh, three games as well. So for someone who's going to be 5,400 in a matchup that I, I know we're going to get the spreads a little bit later, but I expect that this alongside the uh, Thunder and Jazz game are going to be the two higher kind of points, uh, point total games of the night. I, I do like him for his uh, 5,400 price tag. And at the same time, I'm also looking at uh, whether Mamu Kalashvili is going to get another opportunity to be able to go ahead and uh, and start in there. If uh, Zach Collins is, in fact, out, I know you've got Robin Lopez earlier as your guy is to be able to throw out there. I have him on my list, too. But uh, another center is definitely Mamu Kilashvili, who's been playing very solid ball for the last really two weeks now. And he was much more exciting to take when he was sitting in the 4,000s, and I took him pretty consistently there. But he's up to uh, 5,800 now, which obviously does require him to put up more consistent performance. They're probably a little bit more of a cash play now rather than a GP one, but still in play for me. Yeah, uh, one player that I do want to add on the San Antonio side, uh, Keith called me crazy when I actually brought his name up last time, but I think he gave us a little 20 draft king point tonight. But Dominique Barlow um, used to be on team overtime. He's been getting um, about 20, 30 minutes a game, and he could probably play Ooh, in this matchup against Portland, if he gets 20 minutes, I can really see him getting about an upside of 30 DraftKings points. Um, really feel like that's a good spot for him. I will not play him in cash, but for a GPP play, he's somebody who can get you blocks, can get you um, can get you probably a double-double with a little 10-10 game. But if he gets 20 minutes in this Portland matchup, I really do feel like he's going to have a huge upside. Absolutely. All right, well, we'll see what that ends up being. But now we're into the late night games over here. OKC being the first one taken on the Utah Jazz with the Thunder favored to win by five and a half. And as far as uh, implications go, this is pretty important for the Thunder on their side because they are exactly on the same 
the same standings as the Dallas Mavericks on there, though they do have the uh, tiebreaker at the moment. But they have been on a slide, have lost three in a row over here, and they definitely want to try to keep that uh, 10th seed, keep their play and hopes alive. As far as injuries are concerned, we're looking pretty good, other than uh, Lou Dort, who's uh, questionable before this game, uh, was watching that uh, that last game against, against the uh, Golden State Warriors, which was a really good game, but he looked like he uh, injured his shoulder a little bit when uh, Draymond uh, fouled him on uh, on one of his attempts going up. And the Thunder will definitely be buoyed by the fact that uh, Utah is sitting out a good bit of their starting lineup. Still, Laurie Markkinen has been ruled out already with his uh, with his hand. Walker Kessler, who's out for the rest of the regular season, very sad about that. And of course, Jordan Clarkson continues to be out as well. So lots of opportunities to be able to uh, look at over here. Uh, I know there's a certain spend up that I'm going to be going in for this one, but uh, what are you looking at for this game? Um. I'm actually just looking at two pieces for this game. Um, first piece I'm looking at is Joss Giddy. Um, I really do feel like he's in a great spot, especially with all these Utah players sitting out. And probably like yourself, I got a little interest in SGA because he seemed like he's just a constant 30 points, couple assists, couple steals, couple rebounds, guy a night that will get you about 50 or 60 draft king points as a floor. Yeah, absolutely. The guy's been an absolute machine, and uh, I know we're going to be talking about props later on as well, but he's been one of the most reliable ones as far as his pure point outputs are concerned. So definitely continues to be a guy that uh, I have a lot of interest in. And as I said, OKC is going to be fighting for their absolute lives over here to keep themselves in that uh, in that postseason position. So expect SGA to have another big game over here. While on the Utah side, you know, the couple of those uh, mid-tier guys continue to be ones of, uh, of continued interest to me. Uh, we've seen since uh, Walker Kessler has gone out that Kelly Olenek continues to be uh, back in his kind of early season form over here. has been absolutely killing over the last couple of games. That Lakers game was a very solid performance for him. In fact, led the team to overtime where, unfortunately, they were not able to pull it off. But 6,900 He's giving you the upside to be able to get um, high 30s to low 40s as far as his kind of overall stat line is concerned. So he's definitely in play for me. And then uh, Agbaji also continues to be in play. He played 38 minutes in that last uh, Lakers game as well. Ended up putting up eight three-point attempts in that game, which is also really useful and has put up double-digit scoring in uh, four of his last five games. So lots to like as far as his 5100 price tag with that uh, small forward shooting guard eligibility as well to give you a little bit more versatility. Probably the two I'm looking at here, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to be interested in Taylor Horton Tucker, but uh, I think just given how some of these other parts of my lineup are going, I may not have as much exposure as I expect. Okay. Um, when it comes to me and the Utah side, I, I might have interest in um, two players. I don't know which route I'm going to go. I'm only going to use one of these in a GPP. And um, that's, um, man, what's his name? Fantachico and Luca. Hmm. Um, one's 4 4, the other's 3 9. And I do feel like they will get 20 to 25 minutes in that spot. And if they get their shot to fall, um, th- that's looking like a nice little under 2% ownership, 20, 30 point DraftKing nights for one of these players. There you go. Well, that's the uh, that's the kind of dark throws you need on a, on a five game slate, really, especially with all all of it being up in the air to that extent. So, gonna be interesting to see what that one looks like. And then finally, last game of the night, the Denver Nuggets, who have officially clinched the best record in the West with uh, with the results of today, 
are going into Phoenix to take on the Suns. The Suns favor to win by seven on this one over here, and that's likely because both Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are questionable for this game, and I would not be surprised whatsoever now that they've kind of done the hard work and kept themselves uh, ready for the playoffs if they do end up sitting out there. While on the Phoenix side, it is absolutely all systems go. So from the Denver side, anyone that you're absolutely jumping at? Um, on Denver, I don't have um, interest in too much. Um, I might take a dart throw, um, depending on who sits out. But um, and I can't even think of the dude's name. Um, Watson. Mm. I take a dart throw on him, or I might actually end up taking a dart throw on um. Uh man, nope, he's out. I was gonna say Najee, but he's out, but. Watson probably might be the only player of interest that I will have, since if he gets you 20, 25 minutes, he does have an upside to get you 30 DK points. Um, only problem with him is he's that much of a three-point shooter, so you do need to rely on a couple drives and rebounds for him to actually get there for you. Yeah, that's fair. I'm probably looking at a bit more of the mid-tier on this one over here. I expect Reggie Jackson is going to get a good boatload of minutes in this game if Jamal Murray ends up sitting out for this one, just given how the rest of the rotation is going to work out here. So at 5,000, could very well end up with a uh, with a 30, 30 to 35-minute night, which could uh, give him the upside to be able to get into the 30s as far as DK points are concerned for him. And it's clear that in any game that either one of those two uh, big guys sit out there, Michael Porter Jr. will get all the shots that he likes. And he's been getting 20 in the last game, 17 the game before that, and is uh, clearly finding his groove as far as his pure shot making is concerned. So going to be super important for Denver when they're uh, making this run in the playoffs and they need MPJ to be in as much form as possible. So 6,100, lots of upside for him to be able to get to a 40 DK point night here again. It just all comes down to how uh, they do in Phoenix. From the Phoenix side of things, though, there's really just the one guy that I have interest in, and that's uh, DeAndre Ayton. He's just continued to be uh, that center that I've been taking in that 6000 price tag range for the last couple of nights now, and he's uh, he's delivered definitely from a cash game level, but he still gives you the upside to be able to get up to you know high 30s, low 40s as far as DK points are concerned. He should be able to get a pretty solid double-double, somewhere close to 20 and 10, especially if... Uh, Jokic is going to be sitting out and even Najee's out, which means he's probably going to get a lot of Thomas Bryan on the other end, and he's just going to dominate that matchup there. So I do like him. Uh, the rest of them are pretty fairly priced for me, unless you have someone you're really jumping in on. Yeah, um, I, I feel like in cash games, I'm just going to start all my cash games build with Booker and Durant. I really do feel like they're in some safe spots. And I do feel like the ownership won't be as high as you think, because I don't think too many people will be on Durant in cash. And I think that player would be like the edge you would get if you're able to get Durant on a five-game slate at 25% or less in cash. That's that's almost instant money right there. Um, Booker just been amazing ever since he came back from his injury. He's basically just giving you 40, 50 DraftKings points a night. So if this game is even somewhat competitive – um, I might actually do a game stack build with this game for a GPP as well. Ooh, okay. Well, that'll be that'll be quite something to watch, especially given that it is that late night hammer, all the exposure. That's uh, one of those where you just see yourself uh, go up, that train just riding all the way. 
All right. Well, that does bring us to the end of what was a pretty breezy five-game slate. Like I said, keep yourself locked in on that live injury report on Sports Ethos because there's going to be undoubtedly lots of changes that uh, go on throughout the day. We are, as always, recording this the early early morning or night before the uh the slate itself so keep yourself up to date with all that's happening there as always our dfs delivery and everything else that's there gives you amazing content to keep yourself up to date with all that's going to be going on but before we sign off as always we look into the thrive fantasy side of things for the daily player props and there was a couple that uh came up my way but i'm going to start off here staying on brand with uh, exactly what i've been talking about with sga and his machine-like efficiency in terms of being able to put up 30-plus points on a given night. And at this point, I think looking back here, nine out of his last 10 games have been 30-plus. So for him to be able to have a prop where he's 38.5 points and assists combined to be over that for 115 points, I'm liking the odds on that one. It should be a pretty fast-paced game. As I said, OKC is going to be doing everything they can to make sure they get the win here and keep themselves ahead of the Mavericks leading into the last couple of games of the season. And then the second one that I'm looking at is, uh, again, going back to that DeAndre Ayton side, I expect he will have a pretty solid double-double in this game. Not much from the Denver side to uh, kind of keep him away from being able to get over 9.5 rebounds. So that's another 90 points that I'm feeling pretty good about locking in. All right. Uh, for me, I also got two props. Um, first prop is going to be over 19.5 points for Pablo. Um, you you announce everybody who's sitting on that Cleveland game, and I really do feel like even though Pablo might not be the most um, efficient shooter in the league, um, against the players that he's going to be going against, he should be able to get a nice little 20-plus game. And going with the same type of narrative, um, Trey Jones over 6.5 rebounds assists against all of the players or who, who's going to be out for Portland. Um, like you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of player of we don't even know where when the last time he played in the NBA, a couple 10 gave contracts, guys, and a couple people who's just like on the fringe of, you know, being in the NBA next year. So if you're telling me Trey Jones, pretty talented guard to get seven assists against players that he's going to be playing against. I'm going to take the over on that. Um, but that's all I got, man. Yeah, I love it. And so uh, the rookies are clearly uh, lining up to end off their first seasons on a high. So we'll see how that ends up going. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at HRK underscore devil, where you can talk to me about who you're looking at on what could be a pretty wild slate as far as uh, injuries and uh, 10 day contracts are concerned. And, how you end up on the night and can you work in the good people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at orange DFS. Um, we got the WNBA draft coming next week. We got year league playoffs coming in two weeks. We got NBA playoffs coming in next week. So, you know, I'm always down to talk basketball. Absolutely. And yeah, for everyone who's uh, getting the, uh, getting themselves ready for the playoffs, you know, the DFS game is going to continue on there as well. So definitely keep yourselves up to date with that. Keep yourselves connected with Sports Ethos, and we will catch you on the next one. Let's go ahead and take down some of these GPPs. 